0: Hey, Dad. Hey, how you doing? Good. Hey, I got a weird question today. Um, you think some churches should just die? And when I say that, like individual churches with a church building, a pastor, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, I've just seen a lot of pastors that are in the what we call revitalization process, and in the process of them trying to quote revitalize the church. They're literally dying. Yeah. They're getting killed, slaughtered, and their bodies left slain in the wake <laughs> wow. of, literally, in, in the wake of keeping a church building that everything inside is pretty much dead. Yeah. Um. And just you just see the the wars that happen. Are essentially, it's not over the life of the church. The wars that happen uh-huh. are essentially over a church building. Yeah. Church has been around 89 years. I have a friend of mine who changed, wanted to change the name of a church. He was doing a revitalization. Church was like 150 years old. And he said, when I decided to do that, the newspaper got a hold of it, and people came out of the woodwork. They had not been to our church in 50 years, but they're like, my grandma went to church here. How dare you change this? Church this is Revival.
1: A, if you don't show up Sunday, I'm going to change the name. And next Sunday. Yeah.
0: Next Sunday. They would show up at the meeting and complain. <laughs> They're like, my grandma went to church here and she bought that Sunday school classroom yeah. over there. And you see that. And and, and I, I'm i kind of wondering, I mean, there's one major denomination uh, that basically said, we're not in the revitalization process anymore. We're going to let the church die out. Let the people that are the senior members stay there until they all die out. And then we'll hand the church building over to somebody else to start it from scratch. Uh-huh. And you go, man, that waiting on attrition to take out a church is kind of brutal but maybe that's the better way to save from yeah. j- just unity and division. But then there's also the idea of stewardship. Like, you know, the church has had this history, but man, so many pastors. I-, I have not seen many revitalizations that have actually worked. It's a rare thing to see one that works Yeah. without a lot of blood, sweat, tears, and mangled, yeah. mangled bodies left in the wake. So question. Do you think it's it biblical to revitalize a church and we're talking about the building if the spirit is dead behind the church or, or what should, do you
1: think? Should, or should it die? Or should it just die and then hand the resources over to somebody else? This may be one of our Shores podcasts. Yes, some churches should die. Well, there we go. All right. All right. Well, that was fun. <laughs> no, and let me explain why. Okay. I remember here reading one of these little funny, you know, the kids prayers things and there was a little kid praying to God. He said, hey, God, you know, my grandpa just died. God, if you would stop killing people, you wouldn't have to make so many new ones. It's like, it's kind of the same way, but the Lord felt that was the best way to do it. Every living being from flowers to people, to mammoths or whatever, you Mm -hmm. know, they have a period of time they live and then they die. There's a time for everything. And I think in the same way with the church, if it's a living thing, then it needs to, it's going to have a time when it flourishes, it's going to have a time when it's kind of stabilizes and. And then it has a time when it's going to decrease and die. And that can be over generations, depending mm-hmm. on the leadership of that church. But if it's obviously reached the end of its uh, life cycle, then it probably is better for let it die. How do you know if a church has reached the end of its life cycle? I guess it would be a big question. Um, yeah. and Well, a lot of it depends. <laughs> I'm, well, maybe this answers the question. Maybe it doesn't. I uh, We had a church down the road from us when we were uh, – uh, growing pretty well there in Corpus Christi, and uh, they had huge facilities and everything, and but they just had very few people. And um, you, 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 oh, I know the one you're with, talking yeah, about. You're yeah, yeah that was and, like uh, a,
0: that was like the nightmare story.
1: Yeah, and we were looking at trading facilities with them so they could have a smaller facility and we could have a bigger facility because they were growing and they were getting smaller and smaller. And um, we were growing, they were getting smaller and smaller. Yeah, yeah. did I say it the other way? Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah Go okay, ahead. well, what, <laughs> yeah. And so um, we were talking about doing that, and they just they weren't willing to do it. Because, um, well, they actually asked me. They said it was a bunch of older ladies, you know. And they well, said, hey. and a little backstory
0: on that: they had they had
1: had gotten to a point where they had
0: to decide were they going to use the offerings to maintain the building or to get a pastor. Yeah. And they decided, well, we'd rather keep the building because my grandkid grew up in that Sunday yeah. school over there. And so, in in the meantime, no pastor, the church just keeps dwindling. And they and would dwindling. bring in volunteers, yeah. to do, do the pastor. So they were literally hanging on to the building. Over a leadership that would help potentially bring in more people.
1: Yeah. And they they saw at our church that we were having young adults coming in and young families. And and one of these older ladies came to me and she says, oh, I just, we want so much for young families to come into our church. And we just want them to, we we, we don't know how to get young families in. (laughs) And we want them to come in. And I thought, no, you really don't.
0: Yeah, because they change everything.
1: Yeah. Because... What she said is we want the young families to come in and enjoy the type of worship and service we enjoy, Mm. but but we aren't willing to... We're not willing to change, We want, but we yeah. want those young families to come in and enjoy this. We just want them to come in and enjoy the same hymns, the same style that we've that always liked. we have liked. for 50 yeah. years, you know? And I so I didn't say anything, but I thought, no, you really don't want them coming in. That's interesting, because that's usually what people are actually saying, is,
0: man, yeah. we just want them to come in and like what we like.
1: Yeah, exactly. Because I'm not going to change what I like. Yeah. I paid for this building. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so, And that's where I think, that's when I think it's time to say, all right, here's your building. And just let it, and that's what happened there. They just kind of let it go and whatever. Uh, eventually, it will have to I know. fold were, under its own weight. And they were sitting weight.
0: on probably millions of dollars oh, yeah. worth of resources, property.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And right now, it became a blessing for a Christian school that bought most of, bought a lot of the property. And yeah. some of the other properties, there's two or three other churches that meet there. It's probably the most churched uh, square block that's in right. Corpus Christi now. Every yeah. hour of the day on Sunday, somebody is meeting. Some church yeah. is meeting in that building. In the gym or in yeah. this room or in that building or in that yeah. room. And so it's a Christian school during the week, and uh, it's uh, several smaller churches, a good place for a church to get started.
0: The ridiculous thing to me about that was if they wouldn't have been so holding onto the shell, they literally could have sold that building for you know 000, 000, 000, 000, um, a million and a half, two million dollars and some real ministry with though. inflation that wouldn't go anywhere now, but you know yeah. back in the day that uh-huh. would have they could have bought a little piece of property. For fifty people, build a little church, have money in the bank to pay a pastor till they all died and went home to be yeah. with the Lord. But no, they would rather have this massive complex of seven hundred, eight hundred people and forty-three people on a Sunday morning trying to heat and cool the place. And yeah. they were so attached to the to the framework, and and that's where it's. I think where churches. That's it's that's just, the yeah. plus
1: and the minus. It's like this is my church. I'm committed to my church. And in some ways, there's something kind of sweet about that. Yeah, you know, there's something kind of good about that. Yeah, I want you to be committed here because if we're going through a hard time, we gonna need you to get in here and help us survive this thing, and you know, do the work and do the ministry. But but if you're trying to keep the church, if
0: you're trying to keep the church meaning, yeah.
1: the building, the building and the name and all that, and but
0: the style,
1: yeah, yeah, ministry. If you've if you've lost the focus on ministry, what is the church doing? Rather than this is it here. If it's just being there on the corner, yeah. then that is going to die and it should die.
0: If a salt salted less its saltiness, what is it good for? But yeah. to be just trampled, trampled. On. It's like, man, front. you're just taking up taking up ground. space. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And, yeah. and and so but it, it but I t- <laughs> but I tell you what, it, it does take a lot of energy to minister and it takes a lot of flexibility. I remember one of our elders one time at the church, he said, uh, he said, Man, I'm tired. I'm just gonna let these younger people do all the work. He said, I'll put my time in. And at the time I thought what you know? I mean, you're you're in leadership here. As I'm getting a little older, I'm kind of going. I can kind of relate to that. I don't want to do that, right? But I can sure see how it's easy to say, you know, I've run the race. I'm I'm getting tired. Let these younger people kind of carry the burden until the young people start changing things. Yeah, and yeah. then people go, "Whoa!" Well, that's whoa. why we remain in eldership <laughs> so we can make sure everything changes, but nothing changes. Well, you did, know?
0: Didn't you have a pastor of a church one time that uh, the, an elder in well, church? It was an international church. And um, he said, basically, my goal as an elder is to make sure some young pastor doesn't come in and upend everything. Oh, yeah. We want to keep things
1: stable and the way it's been. I was asked to be on the board of the church, and I asked him, "What is well? What's the purpose for this board?" And that's what they said: we want to make sure that some highly charismatic pastor doesn't come in, you know, and he- charismatic meaning energetic, meaning a lot of drawing influence, a, yeah, 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 drawing people, and that he gets all these big ideas and gets the church into debt, and then disappears and leaves <laughs> us with the debt. So that's your purpose as a board. Yeah, that's our main goal. And go well. I, I turned down the opportunity,
0: you know, but that was a unique church in that it was, it was the longevity was the more important thing in right. some ways because it was the one of, at the time it was the only English speaking church in town. Right. Exactly. Yeah,
1: and it had been there for ages and ages, and it was yeah. yeah. So it did have it uh, had a unique role, right? Right, and it kind of represented the Christian the the missionary community in that particular town, and so yeah, it had a unique role, but still. You know, there probably would have been other ways to, yeah. I think that shouldn't have been number one on the board's itinerary. That's the first thing he told me when I said, right. well, what's the purpose of the board? But how many churches in general is that the mindset of the board? Yeah. Our goal is to keep it the way we like it. Well, and they had seen where that had happened in other churches, you know, yeah. mostly in the U.S., you know, some, some charismatic leader comes in and gets all things all fired up, gets the church a million in debt and then leaves. So I've been thinking about it lately and I've been thinking, you know, there's tons of Bible verses about
0: it, like something's got to die before it can be resurrected, yeah. right? I mean, unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it can't be resurrected. It's, yeah, yeah. it's a principle. It's a biblical principle. So you wonder, is revitalization, I mean, essentially for a revitalization to work, the identity of the church almost has to have already died for it to start all over again. Um, so is it a matter of we actually close the doors, keep the doors closed for six months, and then reboot? Or is it a matter of, I'm just thinking about when revitalizations do work.
1: Well, it worked with us there in Corpus. You know, I mean, I don't know if it, it was a revitalization. You did church.
0: that so slowly.
1: Yeah, exactly. Over it was it was like, a, well, it took at least three years before we kind of redeemed I mean, our it, reputation in the community. It was because I'm mean, there being a church split, which is usually what ends
0: up happening. By the time yeah. these churches dwindle down, there've been multiple church splits. Sometimes, unfortunately, lawsuits, and you go. Yeah. What in God's name were you well, thinking? Well, we had dealt with all of that. Like, yeah. the Bible clearly says, don't bring lawsuits. But they're like, yes, but there's a building involved here. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Well, we weren't even sure what they wanted. But well, anyhow. that reminds me of that podcast we did about boards. just, ah, yeah. uh, boards. Yeah. Anyway, that's who end up suing each other. One half of the board sues the other, right? Well,
1: and that's where it's at that it's the stuff that, that is the problem. If mm-hmm. the church, you know, it's like there's no problem until you all of a sudden you have some resources. Nobody cares as a pastor when you're planting a church and you got nothing and you're you know moving from gymnasium to gymnasium nobody cares you know it's when you start acquiring stuff yeah. and all of a sudden people we got to have some accountability here you know yeah and, yeah and so when so that's the secret just keep nothing no Don't stuff
0: store up for yourself treasures in heaven not on earth where moth or rust or boards can fight over them right yeah exactly <laughs> and then what jesus says something like that <laughs> I
1: think that may be adding to the words of scripture. So. Oh yeah, sorry. No, it's translating. It's translating. That's a loose translation. That was a, uh, the message. Yeah. Uh, so I, I do think I do think every every organization, every church probably has a lifestyle, a lifespan that God has built into it. You used to always
0: say that to me and say, God is the alpha and the omega. Yeah. Only the government starts programs that never end. Yeah. And so there is an element of God says, yeah, there's a season, a time for this, and um, Specifically, you see churches that were maybe really powerful in a certain time a move of God, and they try and hold on to that. And when they do, things just dwindle and tank. And then that's when people fight over trying to get, you know, trying to revitalize the old wave instead of saying, it's going to look different. And you did that. I think that was one of the powerful things you did at the church when you did revitalize it, is you started to listen to the younger generation. You go, I don't understand it, but apparently this is something that's appealing to the younger generation, the way we present the gospel uh, just It's the same gospel, just a different yeah. style. You know, it's a, it's wine, the, the wine in a new wineskin rather than an old wineskin. And it's, you have to be willing to adapt and say, I don't understand it and I don't get my kicks and giggles from this kind of music or this kind of preaching or whatever. But apparently this is in some yeah. way appealing to, and, and drawing the hearts of those in this generation. Well,
1: I had just come off the mission field and I got back there and I realized, oh my gosh, I don't understand these people. These are people I know, these are people my age. Mm. And yet we planned something they were like, oh, we don't want to do that. I'm going, what, this is what we've done all for years. What? Right. what? And so I began to realize, man, I'm a missionary still. I'm in a new culture here, I gotta figure out. And so I started looking to people who were being successful at reaching people mm. and I'd learned from them and not methods, Because methods change, you know, I can't fit into somebody else's methods. But what are the principles behind it? And the principles were um, quite different than what I was used to, you know. And so I had to begin to figure out how do those principles fit in with who I am. And I began to just try to apply the principles. And like you said, some of us like, well, this isn't my preference, but I'm not here for me. I'm here to reach a new generation. And so, what can we do to reach a new generation? And I'll do whatever that takes, as long as it's not, you know, violation of Scripture. The the message, as you said, the message stays the same. Many times the medium of presenting it changes. You know, we didn't used to have podcasts. Okay, now we can present the message in a podcast. Or you can fight that and say, no, we're going to go back to the way we've always done it, stand on a street corner with a megaphone, which (laughs) that that may work too, you know. I mean, it's better than nothing, you know.
0: But— I doubt you're— I doubt your megaphone will reach Singapore. Like we have
1: people in Singapore that listen to the podcast. Yeah. It, yeah. Well, maybe with a big megaphone, I don't know. But you know, the other side of that, I remember we drove up to a street corner one time and there was a guy standing on the corner in a box preaching and your mom looked at me and she says, I wonder how effective that is. And I said, well, it's probably more effective than him sitting at home and watching television. Eh, at you know? least he's trying. Yeah. He's doing something, you know, Yeah. maybe one guy will wander up and get some information. So whatever you could do. But, I just, as a missionary, I said, okay, how do I reach this culture? Even though it's my culture, it's, it's a new generation. And how can I do that? And and that, I think, could bring some revitalization. But in a sense, it didn't really revitalize. It was really a new church. Same name, same building, but it was a new church.
0: Well, and you did it gently so that the old guard tapered off. It wasn't like a—we've seen it with churches where the guy comes in and says, I'm drawing a line in the sand. You're either yeah. with us or you're with the terrorists. Yeah. And as soon as you do that— what is it? somebody says, you don't announce the revolution, right? Yeah. You just start leading the revolution and then people go, yeah. well, this is a different church. I guess maybe I don't. And you would have people say that, man, I love yeah. you, pastor. This just isn't my thing anymore. And yeah, they exactly. go, and but they didn't leave bitter. They didn't leave yeah. angry. But it's sometimes when you come in and you announce the revolution, you're either with us or you're with the enemy. Then people are like, I'm the enemy. Well, forget you. And then that's yeah. when things blow up. Yeah. So it is a gentle
1: handedness that's well, required. Well, it broke my heart when people like that left, but it's because they were looking for something that they liked. Yeah. And I remember we had this one old lady came in and sat up in the front and I mean, she was probably in her eighties and she sat in the front second row one week and you know, the music's blaring loud, pretty yeah. loud. Yeah. And, um, and, uh, so I kind of felt sorry for her and I couldn't get over to get to say hello to her at the end of the service. And so I well, I'll never see her again. She was back next week. And so I came up to her and I said, Hey, you know, we're so glad to have you. She said, I realized this probably isn't what you prefer. And she says, she said, Nope, this isn't my kind of music, but I just love to see the life here. Uh, and I thought, that's the kind of people you want, people who are looking for life, they're looking for, and she became, she became one of our best greeters. In fact, we had to kind of tell her, tone it down a little. <laughs> she would hug everybody, kiss them on the cheek, and we go, whoa, you know, just, not everybody's used to that. Uh, tone it down a little. But she was not looking for what she preferred. Yeah. She was looking for where life was, where life was, lives were being changed,
0: and that's what probably makes the difference in a revitalization. And and there are sometimes you get groups of people that just aren't willing to to yeah. bend on that,
1: and then maybe that's when the church needs to die. That's when you just say, "Have at it, do your thing," and, you and it's so
0: sad that the doors are closed, but it wasn't. Yeah, you know, but then you can. Take it and hand it over to somebody else and yeah. start from scratch.
1: Like this church here that we mentioned there. It's being, it's the, the facilities are being used in a great way. Yeah. It's a wonderful way. And I mean, even if it hadn't gone that way, they could have, I know have another friend who he sold his church and put it into a ministry fund where he could use it to travel around, do missions, bless people in here and there, you know. Um, I say sold his church. It just worked out where he had another. The board GPA.
0: decided to sell
1: it and yeah, yeah, yeah. put it in and put it into these funds where it could be used for to bless people and bless missions and bless ministry. So there's all kinds of ways that you can continue to. The the point is ministry rather than having a location on a corner somewhere. Right. Touching people's lives. And if the church is no longer if the building and the location and all that is no longer touching people's lives, then it probably ought to die and use the resources, use the investment. For some other way, that is where God is moving right now.
0: Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed today's show, please leave a review on your listening platform of your choice. For more from Joel Malm, check out joelmalm.com. And more from Rick, check out rickmalm.com.